Welcome to On Texas Football. It's time for our Saturday conversation. Joining me each and every Saturday morning is Paul Wadlington. Uh, Paul, welcome in. I uh, hope you're ha- you've had a good week. Uh, we're getting ready to see the Longhorns now, seven days away from the games, the, the season's opener. Uh, what are you ready for some football, man? I'm ready for some football, man. I'm tired of talking about conference realignments and secret practice reports and getting texts from shady sources about how people look. I just want to go see the product on the field. And uh, I'm, I'm fired up, man. I am ready for football. I know everyone else is too. And dumb. You're also been getting texts about dumb conference commissioners too, by the way. Uh, yes. we'll, we'll talk about that. We, we, you and, you and I, we literally went off on uh, the associate commissioner uh, to the big 12 uh, about a, a month ago, I mean they, that was a that was a, a doozy. I, I, it was Paul in rare form, uh, in my opinion. Uh, we're not even going to give Brett Yormark and his latest comments any kind of further time here. It's just, I mean, it's time to move past and let let's let's move past and be adults about it. I hope, I, I hope, cro- fingers crossed, we can do that as long as we don't get you know twenty five penalties to none against Oklahoma State or another conference opponent this year? Yeah, I, I, it is. Look, I mean, everyone knows now what he said. Basically, he, I think he was feeling it a little bit in front of a Red Raider partisan crowd, and he wanted to say something to endear himself to them. And, you know, he looks at the head coach and says, you better take care of Texas, uh, T plus one. Well, look, I've never seen the, the supposed neutral arbiter of a conference, the commissioner, offer an opinion or a perspective before the season on who he wants to win the conference or not win the conference. Uh, that's, I've never heard of it. Uh, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, you, you shouldn't try to rhetorically put your fingers on the scales because you're the head of the conference. And that means uh, by definition, you're ahead, you're in charge of the conference officials. Right. Uh, and so the question is, you know, do these guys get, a not so subtle message that they want a certain game result on the field and that they have to sort of weigh and balance their own professional ethics about making that happen. So, you know, I made the comment in, in on inside Texas that we're about to find out who are the company men in the big 12. Uh, Greg Burks is the head of officials for the big 12. He came here from the mountain West. He's been uh, in charge for I think four years. I think this will be his fifth year. And he replaced Walt Anderson which is a name I think most Texas fans are familiar with. So uh, we'll see. Uh, but I, I would like to see a, a journalist, a reporter, ask your mark this question. Um, hey, you know, is it normal for a conference commissioner to try to put the, you know, the finger on the scales before season? Uh, Texas is still in the Big 12. Oklahoma is still in the Big 12. And, uh, you know, the, the comment even before that was a little more hilarious because he said, yeah, we finally got Texas to know you out. Uh, that's what we've been working for. These guys are dragging down our conference. These guys that pay all of our bills and provide all of our television sets. Just such a silly, nonsensical uh, version of, of, of events. And, you know, I know that Red Rider, the Texas Tech crowd is going to lap that up. And it's, it's a big pep rally. But your Mark knows that that's not true. And, and, and he knows that. You know, when Texas leaves the conference, when OU leaves the conference, TV ratings are going to plummet. Uh, Texas Tech Cincinnati is not going to draw a lot of attention, Bobby, versus, say, Texas versus Texas Tech. And so 
I, I think they're going to have a rude awakening. My hope is that Texas can give them a rude awakening on the, on the field on the way out. It's very funny because in that first part of that comment you were talking about or alluding to there, Paul, uh, he says, candidly, we're happy we got Texas and OU out a year early. And I try to tell my son, my, my son's a high schooler, and trying to teach him how to write and, and uh, communicate and that sort of thing. I said, anytime anybody says the word honestly yes. to start a sentence or candidly to start a sentence, you know they're lying somewhere later. To Most be honest, times. Bobby. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just such a bad rhetorical flourish, and it's like a little tip off, right? It's it's playing poker, and, a, and the guy as he raises you, he, his eyes starts twitching, right? It's just it's a rhetorical twitch, and it's it's just it's forensic in what it, it's about to communicate, and the idea that you know we're delighted to get these two bums out of our conference, it's just. I mean, it's just such delusion and, you know, enjoy it. I guess they could do more events at Rucker Park to really raise the Big 12's profile. Yeah, basketball Brett is what uh, Jerry calls him. Jerry Hamilton, he calls him basketball Brett. Hey, uh, we're, let's let's take this a little bit uh, in a different way here. I think that's, a, that's a, enough time on talking about him. Yep. I want to talk and give you a chance – to really talk about Rice because it's the first game. It's seven days away. You've done as much or more um, uh, research into Rice as just about anyone I know. Uh, thinking Texas football, the, the preseason annual that you uh, produce, available, by the way, on Amazon, uh, Smashwords, and elsewhere. It's a 177-page book uh, that has nothing but Longhorn information. If you haven't had a chance to read it or buy it, and you've watched these Saturday conversations with Paul. I don't know why you wouldn't. It really is a, a tremendous purchase, Paul. Uh, but I, I want to talk about Rice and give you an opportunity to kind of set the stage or the table for people on what to expect from them, uh, the type of offense they run, the type of defense they run, their their talent level, et cetera. And I'm going to give you the floor here. Yeah, so uh, let's do a little carb loading here and talk Rice. So they are led by Mike Bloomgren, who was the former offensive coordinator at Stanford for David Shaw. And Bloomgren came to Rice and decided he wanted to instill a similar private school, physical football mentality. Uh, you know, the, the old Jim Harbaugh, win with cruelty, you know, idea. And he wanted to install that in Houston. And, and with Rice, figuring that's a good comp to Stanford and we can do, do a similar thing. It didn't really work out. He tried to basically play bully ball with, with Rice athletes, and that was not going to be successful. Uh, they, Rice can't get the kind of level of offensive linemen that, that Stanford was getting in terms of physicality and, and just, you know, Stanford was getting four-star offensive linemen and, and, and unleashing them on people and also flanking them with two or three NFL tight ends. And that, that'll really help your, your physicality on offense. So Rice really struggled with that. And since then, they've shifted. I think Bloomgren has adjusted a little bit. They've gone to more of a conventional spread approach. And that said, he's 15 and 39 in his time at Rice. The best season he had was last year. Uh, Rice went five and eight, but they did actually qualify for a bowl, Bobby. They went five and seven in the regular season, but because of APR, uh, success at Rice, which probably not unexpected there, as being a Bayou Ivy. Uh, 
they qualified for a bowl, the Lending Tree Bowl. So leave it to a, a, a national mortgage broker to extend easy credit, right? <laughs> they, they gave a five and seven team a bowl bid and Rice lost that bowl game. So they finished the year five and eight. That's been Bloomberg's best year at Rice. So uh, yeah, the question would be for any program is 15 and 39 good enough? Is he on the hot seat if they have a, another losing season? And I think fundamentally and philosophically, the question is, what do you expect at Rice? And, you know, they have had some highs. You know, they've had some moments where they, they've had good teams. Uh, I think David Bailiff had a good team that went, what, not, won nine or ten games. But it's just been hard for them to win successfully. The interesting thing that I like to do when Texas plays an outmatched opponent is look at a positional level analysis and say, all right, look, Texas is going to overwhelm them here, 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 and here. But hey, this group is, is good. And so actually, the, this little unit is going to be a good test for Texas. It's going to be a little bit of a bellwether for how we'll do against the Big 12 or even Alabama, right? And I kind of had set that up in the, the preview that I'd written, that the Rice receiver core, if they were in the Big 12, they'd be league average. Um, this is a quality receiver core. And for their conference, they're elite. Uh, as I'm publishing the book, Bradley Rosner, their team MVP, the six foot five X receiver out on the outside. And I think in his eighth year of college eligibility, Bobby, I'm going to call him Dr. Rosner for the purposes of this podcast. He transfers to NC State and it looks like he might be starting for the Wolfpack this year, which is a huge boon for them. And then another guy uh, who had actually missed last year, but had been their leading receiver the year previous he decided he doesn't want to play football anymore. And so two of their three best receivers that I built up are not going to be on the field. So the, the only guy they have left is Luke McCaffrey. If the McCaffrey name sounds familiar, yes, he's the son of uh, Ed McCaffrey for the Denver Broncos, brother of Christian McCaffrey, uh, star running back for the 49ers. And Luke is a, is a talented wide receiver. He's more nifty than fast. And they do a lot of stuff with him in the screen game and the spread. But he, he's not going to one-man gang the Rice offense down the field. He's not that level of player, and, and Texas can solve him. Yeah, so the quarterback is yes. actually JT Daniels, another transfer. Um, uh, he This will be – I don't know of anybody that's ever played on two different teams, started quarterback on two different teams, and started in DKR. If JT Daniels starts next Saturday against Texas – for the Rice Owls in DKR, it'll actually be his third team starting for uh, against Texas in DKR. He started for USC as a freshman. That's right. Uh, West Virginia last year, and now Rice this year. I mean, he's going to be he's going to have more home starts than all the backup quarterbacks in Texas football history. In, in <laughs> That's <DKR. not> right. <laughs> I mean, what what are your thoughts? What does he bring to this offense? Does it? change Bloomgren's plan at all or you know what, what are your thoughts well so and, and the missing school that he hasn't started for that might have will play next year Georgia so <laughs> JT Daniels he started at USC went to Georgia went to West Virginia went to Rice so talk about water finding its level right <laughs> he's, he's following a Casey Thompson trajectory of, of Texas Nebraska FAU Maybe FAU after that, you know, Casey's going to go play at uh, Princeton or something. But yeah, so JT Daniels, I think we should all be familiar with him. 
the, the thing about JT Daniels that's interesting is he has an NFL skill set from just going out in the skeleton and, and throwing balls through a tire and, and throwing against air. He looks the part. He has a good live arm. Uh, I think the issue with JT Daniels has always been intangible. He has the tangible qualities of a, an effective college quarterback and probably even an NFL career backup journeyman. But he doesn't always see the field very well. And at quarterback, seeing the field really well is kind of an important trait. And so Daniels is a guy who will throw inopportune interceptions. He's also basically a, a tree stump back there. When he drops back, uh, he is not nifty in the pocket. And I don't mean he's not a scrambler or a runner. That's fine. I mean, he doesn't have real feel in the pocket. He can't make subtle movements to evade the rush or help out his blockers. And so I think he has something like negative 250 yards rushing in his career in college uh, since sacks are attributed to your rushing totals. Uh, and he just doesn't have a great feel. And I think if Rice has trouble protecting him, that's going to show up in this game. That said, Rice is going to come out with some scripted plays early. And JT Daniels, you know, he might come out and be throwing the ball around. He looks pretty good. But once Texas solves and, and realizes that Luke McCaffrey is really the only receiving target, once they realize the offensive line isn't going to be able to hold up, I think that JT Daniels is going to feel a lot of pressure and start to wilt. Uh, this, this is a good question because, you know, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. It's a, it's a good test and from this standpoint. They won five games. They, they didn't win zero, right? This isn't Louisiana Monroe from last year, actually, right? Although yeah. Louisiana may, Monroe may have more talent, Rice may be the better team, right? So I, from that standpoint, it'll be a good test to see if Texas on defense can actually get pressure, adequate pressure on JT Daniels without bringing the blitz. You know, can they win some one-on-ones? Can they get them? Can they get Rice and JT Daniels off schedule, making him move up in the pocket when he doesn't want to, making making him move the pocket? All of those things are good initial tests, I think, for, for Texas. Um, before we go over the Rice defense, uh, uh, Paul, I want you to say thank you to our sponsor of the show, a guy that uh, you know very well and I think is, a, is a, good, a good guy to know. Absolutely. Gabe is a good guy to know. You can reach him at 832-557-1095 or www.mortgagesbygabe.com. Uh, Gabe is a lifetime Longhorn, a Longhorn graduate. He's also a law, he's got a law degree. He's been in the mortgage industry for over 20 years. 
and he is sharp as a tack when it comes to this stuff. So uh, unlike the lending tree bowl, uh, Gabe <laughs> is good at extending credit and finding solutions, but he, he doesn't have any losers in that bowl. No, no losing team. So give Gabe a call. You could reach him right there on the screen and tell him that Bobby and Paul sent you. He'll uh, be happy to talk to you and also find some financial solutions for you in your purchase to buy in your quest to purchase or refi your home. Uh, thanks, Gabe. Uh, Paul, another question for you. The, the Rice defense I mentioned, um, they're going up against a Texas offense that has some skill players but is has lost Bijan and Roshan. Its offensive identity really is now in Atlanta and Chicago. What are you looking for from the Texas offense, and what does the Rice defense, in your opinion, do particularly well that you're interested in seeing how Texas performs? So for Texas, this is a test of executional facility. Just in the passing game, in the running game, the ball shouldn't hit the ground, and they should be able to run the ball effectively. They should be able to run inside zone. They should be able to run outside zone. Uh, Rice's defense gave up six and a half yards per play last year. That doesn't uh, sound good. <laughs> that's not good. You don't want to do that. Uh, I was reviewing the rules earlier. And if you get 10 yards, you get a first down. So uh, six and a half yards per play, you're, you're, you're 65% of the way there, Bobby. And, and it's, it's second and four. So, or second and three. So uh, they also gave up 34 points per game. Uh, this is not a, a particularly great uh, defense. They were ranked from advanced statistics, 113th in college football. They do bring back some guys. They've got a little bit of quickness, uh, particularly in the front front seven. Uh, they've got some guys that they will bring on blitzes and things like that. And I think, look, they're, they're going to have a game plan to let it all hang out. They're not going to come in and play prevent against Texas. I think they're going to blitz early. I think they're going to move their, their, their linemen around. I think they're going to try to inflict negative plays create some confusion on the offensive line for Texas. Since, frankly, we didn't handle that kind of stuff particularly well last year. They want to see if Texas can handle it. And then Ewers and the receivers need to demonstrate good recognition on what's available. And the running backs need to break a tackle or two. And if they do, you know, there's a potential for big runs, you know, 50, 60-yard runs. Uh, look, Rice is outmatched. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, probably the strength of their defense, if they have one, was pass defense. They allowed 7.9 yards per pass attempt, which is not very good, but it was the best thing that they did. Uh, and a lot of that was just sort of coverage-based. Um, I think that ultimately Texas is, should expect to put a bunch of points up on the board. And I think the question philosophically, Bobby, is, boy, do you not want to show much and just kind of come out and play and take the win and get ready for Bama? Or do you want to get everything firing? And do you want to get this offense humming? I actually prefer the latter. I, I think Texas needs to come out with some intensity. I don't think you need to reveal every wrinkle of the playbook. I don't think you need to burn all your trick plays unless you want to do something kind of exotic to make Saban have to prepare for it, right? Uh, but I think Texas should come out, and I think they should get after it. I don't, I don't think you should have this sort of conservative, hey, let's win this game, 38 to, to 10 sort of game plan. I think they need to go all, all cylinders and pistons, pistol, ah, pistons firing and get after it and put some points on the board and build some confidence. I, I think that's the approach that I would take. What about you, Bobby? What do you think? I, I agree. So I think early execution in the season 
predicts where you're going to go later in the season with your offense. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean that uh, the, the, the more you're going well early, I remember Vince Young just came out his junior year or his, I think redshirt sophomore year, whatever it was, uh, the, the year that Texas won uh, and beat Michigan in the, in the Rose Bowl. He came out in the offense after that Washington State debacle in the in the in the Holiday Bowl. He came yep. out that 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 year, and they just they went. I think it may have been Rice that they just rolled, and it was like it, there were fifty points on the board before we could look up. Right, that meant to me, okay, this offense, if they're playing against air, they're going to act like they're playing against air. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm I'm all I I agree with you. I, the 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 point that you mentioned about the ball not hitting the ground in the pass game or in the run game in particular, right, with fumbles, you're looking for a clean game where Texas scores a lot of points. Period. Not and it, and it does it can't be these backwards scoring points. Like Texas can rack up fifty and seven are from uh, a ret- an interception return, seven from. A, uh, a big kick return that sets them up inside the 20, you know, yep. or something like that. You want, you want 50 clean points in my opinion. That that sound right to you? It does. And actually you can't come out sort of half-stepping because the, the new clock rules, the heat that is going to be, I mean, that field is going to be 135 degrees probably on the field, right? At game time. Like you can't come out sluggish and let Rice burn a quarter of play by running a little bit of offense and being able to move up and down the field and burn some clock, which they're going to you know milk the play clock. And you can't have Texas kind of run some plays and not execute and have to punt or they have a dumb turnover. And you look up at the scoreboard in the middle of the second quarter and it's Texas seven, Rice three. I mean, I, I just don't think you can have any of that nonsense. I think you need to come out and and look a little bit pissed off and like you're on a mission and and I, I want to see that from Texas I want to see them go do what they're supposed to do and if it means club a seal that's what they need to go do <laughs> and move on and uh you know and I also think that Quinn Ewers and the starters I think they need to stay out there uh fairly deep into the third quarter if, if the game is getting out of hand I think they need to get their timing right I think they need, they need to get the sense of like, let's play a, a complete football game. And then by all means, let's get the second teamers in there and let's let them run the offense. You know, I'm not saying, you know, throw, throw Hail Marys for three consecutive downs, but run the offense, you know, execute and take this serious. And, you know, I, you know, if Rice gets blown out, so be it. I mean, this isn't, this isn't a, a charity event. So I think they need to bring it on. And, and if Alabama sees some stuff, that we're running and, and says, okay, that's what Texas is trying to do. Say, great, stop it. You know, we're coming. We're going to be good at this. Here, here's the other piece I would say that I, I mentioned, I want 50 clean points. I do want and expect one real positive play in special teams. Sure. And Texas should be able to deliver that with a difference in athletic talent. So whether that's a punt block, whether that's a big return, not sure, but they should be able to get one. I, I want them to be net positive in special teams this year because I think that will also help long-term as well and, and something we want to see as a result, right? 
I, I think that's going to happen. And if I if I had to guess, I think we're going to have actually a very good special teams unit this year. Me too. Uh, I agree. I agree. Not just the kickers, which who are going to be good. I like the return game. I like the punt game. I like bringing on the NFL guy who is just, I mean, one of the most experienced special teams guys in the world. And I, I like the infusion of young talent. You know, we keep raving about these young defensive backs in this this recent recruiting class. Special teams is going to be their opportunity to shine and make an early impression. And ahead of them, by the way, they've got a good class of, of talented, fast guys. And that starts to really show up on your special teams, your coverage teams, your return teams, overall unit aggression, uh, the ability to force turnovers, you know, lighting up a kick returner and then he fumbles on the five yard line and you grab it. I mean, that stuff's infectious. And uh, I, I like the ability to steal games with special teams. Uh, it's, it's an underrated factor. Uh, Beamer turned it into an art form at Virginia Tech. And Texas, if you go back and look at our peak teams under Mac Brown, hellacious special teams, really good special teams. So I think that's going to be a key indicator for this football team as well. A couple of special teams really led to victories at A&M. I remember Michael Griffin, Nate Vasher, those guys. That, they helped Texas uh, beat the, the Aggies in College Station. That definitely was part of it. All right, um, Paul, that's going to do it for this week. Seven days away, my man. Seven days until the Longhorns take the field. It'll be 230 and probably 110 degrees, but uh, it's happening. One way or the other, the Longhorns uh, take on Rice just a week from today. Uh, Paul, again, thanks. Make sure you guys check out his book. Thinking Texas Football, available on Amazon. Also appreciate uh, Mortgages by Gabe uh, as our sponsor of every Saturday's Saturday conversation. For Paul, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, we'll see you again soon on Texas Football.